there is an art to writing amazing sales follow-up emails. And it's not what you think. It's not trying to be fancy or pulling out all the stops. It's really just that human connection. And, um, you know, you customizing it almost for every person. Um, what we what we have is different parts of the program that is all there and laid out. But the rest is based on the stories you shared, what they shared with you um, and love them up. So. Welcome to the Juicy Closers podcast, where it's all about juicing your sales game so you can earn more money in less time. Join us in creating Yes Closers. Subscribe now to never miss a juicy tip. Now, here are your hosts, Tina Gray and Janelle Holden. Hey, Tina. Hey, Janelle. How are things in LA today? Oh, it's sunny. Um, I know it's been raining the last three days, and by raining in LA, it's like, oh, my my grass is watered, so thank you. <laughs> 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 but that's about it. So it's it's beautiful today. I'm really excited to get outside. How about you? Yeah, it's beautiful here too. Here in Montana, we still have snow on the ground, but not that much of it. It's mostly brown waiting to green up for spring. So I'm feeling very spring-ish, even though like spring equinox isn't until March 22nd. I'm, I sent you uh, green salads and rhubarb recipes and all sorts of spring-ish things. And I'm even wearing my spring clothes now. So it's very exciting. I know. I love it. I was going to say that's a great blue on you. So, so fun. So fun. <laughs> well, I'm mostly very excited that my I, I got my spring clothes out for this year and I still fit in them from last All spring. All right. <laughs> that's a win. Like, Yay. <laughs> Got to celebrate them all. So. Absolutely. Um, so for those of you who are listening and wondering, all right, when are they going to get to the sales goodies? We do have a really full agenda today. We're very excited to talk to you about. Um, today, we're going to be talking about what's happening in our business um, and some things that are happening in the world as well that impact women in sales. Um, we are learning from, from, from some great people and they've given us some great new sales ideas and reinforced some ideas that we've definitely had. So I want to share some of that with you. I know Tina's got some great body language and um, tone tips, some more of those to share since that's our theme of the month. And uh, stick around because at the end, we're going to be talking about our very funny sales stories. So you'll get entertained. Yep. That's going to be on the juice. So, so many good, good juicy stories. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, Tina, but I don't think we talked about on the podcast the fact that March 8th was International Women's Day. You wrong? are correct. Nope. Nope. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're correct. We posted <laughs> about it um, in our socials. But yeah, yeah. No, we, we kind of forgot to mention it over here. So we did want to dedicate a little time to celebrate all the amazing international women. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about women in sales in particular. We have because we've been interviewing and we've been noticing some trends, so to speak, with some of our interviews. Um, I don't know if you noticed the same thing that I did, Tina, but I think you did because we talked about it a little bit before. Maybe share a little bit about what you picked up on. Yes. Yeah, so, so, you know, the last few weeks we've been interviewing candidates um, to join our sales team. And um, as you can imagine, we're super picky about who we accept 
And we had a really good candidate. And, you know, she showed up really well during the interview. Um, and so our next step was just to ask for some email copy um, because it's so important in the follow ups in the work that we do. Most of the time, the sale happens, you know, on that second, third, fourth outreach, whatever it is. Um, and since her background is in marketing and she wrote marketing copy, I, me and Janelle were like, oh, she's going to be fantastic. This is going to be so good. I'm excited to read this copy. Um, and so should we get this email and I'm reading through it and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and let me tell you why it's an oh, no. Um, it's written like a marketing copy email. Meaning there's just a lot of like, and, you know, and if you do this and then there's that and it just seems so not just relatable in terms of how we like to do sales copy, which is us speaking normally, connecting and, you know, being ourselves, not trying to make it sound fancy or any of that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Good sales emails are as if they they should come across as if you are personally writing them because you are. Even if you're using a template, it should feel personal to that person. That's why you want to keep them short. Maybe ask a question. Um, it's like a conversation and you want to keep the conversation going versus a marketing email is meant to have a call to action at the end. And yes, sales emails do too. I mean, we legitimately want people to take the next step with us, whether it's hopping on another call or taking a look at a sales page or, you know, actually buying. Um, that is, that is of course, the ultimate action that we want them to take. However, with marketing copy, it's a lot more here's all the information spiced up in a way that no one is actually ever going to speak like in real in the real world. <laughs> but it reads well, right? Yes, that's exactly it. And so when we're reading it, I'm like, gosh, if I got an email follow-up like this, I would definitely not respond and then run away. So anyways, <laughs> it was very interesting. And so we thought we shed some light on that because there is an art to writing amazing sales follow-up emails. And it's not what you think. It's not trying to be fancy or pulling out all the stops. It's really just that human connection and, um, you know, you customizing it almost for every person. Um, what we what we have is different parts of the program that is all there and laid out. But the rest is based on the stories you shared, what they shared with you um, and love them up. So... Yeah, I like to say that marketing is education and sales is relationships. So you're not going to be speaking like you're educating someone all the time <laughs> in real life. I mean, that is not how it works with my husband and myself. That would be weird. <laughs> so, and <laughs> so in a relationship, it's a give and take, right? You're asking about them, they're asking about you. You're saying, Here's what's going to happen next. Checking in. It's very simple. So if you think about sales emails and copy as just a relationship, as in how you would speak to your friend, you'll you'll do fine. But if you try to, as we talked about in our very first episode, if you try to make it weird, people understand that it's a marketing message and they run away. And we are so attuned to marketing messages right now because we 
so many commercials, ads, what have you, we can smell a marketing message miles and miles away. So if something isn't marketing, if it feels real, it's a lot more interesting and, and exciting to the prospect. Exactly. I love that. Um, you're right. We can f- we can smell a marketing coffee, but also we can visually see it too. Typically um, with marketing coffee, there's a lot of spaces in between. There's dot, dot, dots, all these different tricks to help you keep reading and keep you engaged. But in a follow-up sales email, we don't do that. We just say what we mean and keep it simple. So little quick tip there visually. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't gotten a real quote-unquote email in a while, which it's sort of like snail mail was at some point where, well, snail mail became all advertising and marketing, and then you get like a real letter, and you go, oh my God, somebody sent me a real letter. That's the same thing with email now, I feel like. There's just very few real personal messages in email inboxes, so As a sales team, that's how you can differentiate yourself is being real and authentic and sending actual, I am here, would you like to buy emails? Yes, exactly. Anyhow, I thought that was interesting. So there is our rant about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it it fits actually with all the other things that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm currently taking a course with Leonie Dawson, who I just absolutely adore. I've been sharing it with with Tina as well, all of my cliff notes. And I'm taking a course in copywriting. Now she's titled the course uh, Sales Star, which I think is amazing. However, it's almost all on copywriting and uh, I'm wanting to learn more of that marketing copy because it's so important for sales pages, because it's so important for opt-in pages. So there are, are places where knowing how to structure things in a way that sells on the page is really really important in your in your calls that's not that's not how you structure things but i'm really enjoying it and she made a couple of points that i wanted to share with everybody um one is related to international women's day and that she was saying you know there there is so much good that women can do for the world as they gain wealth and as they become better at sales in particular and there are a couple examples came up as I was reading this week um, that stuck out to me. The first was that Jeff Bezos's ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott, has given um, a, a lot of money away, and she's planning to give most of her wealth away, um, the $57.5 billion she has, um, to good causes, to things that are going to make a big impact in the world. And that's what women do usually when we get more wealth. We tend to look at how can we help our communities? How can we help our families? How can we help other people who need some lifting up? And so I want to encourage any woman who's in sales to remember that um, as you get more successful and as you bring in more money into your accounts, into your business, that you're going to do really great things with it. And there's nothing wrong about, about that. In fact, there's everything right. Right, Tina? Oh, yes. I love it. I think um, a lot of times in sales, it's that transaction where someone buys from us and we're giving it away to them, which is amazing. Um, And you're not, what am I trying to say? (laughs) You're not spending that money, right, for the person to buy from you. So sometimes you get to that point where you're like, 
now I want to share what I have for other people. And so it's really aligned with all of this. And I personally love uh, spoiling my friends and sending them random gifts. Um, actual packages, care packages. I think Chanel can speak to this recently. Um, I can. I can. <laughs> but it really lights me up, especially when um, they respond with how much enthusiasm and appreciation they have for it. And it's not something that I feel needs to be announced. No one has to know besides whoever I'm gifting it to. But it really, it really brings me a ton of joy that I can do that for someone else. And it's something simple. So, you know, whether you are giving away and donating money or just sending flowers or even um, we have this fun thing that I learned from um, one of the clients I used to work with. She would uh, send Venmo money um, to her friends randomly on a Friday or something like that. And it's something like $10, $5. And it would just be like, good morning. You're beautiful. You're loved. Here's $10 for your coffee this morning. I am thinking of you. And oh my gosh, I thought that was so cool. So I started telling my friends and we've been doing that for each other randomly throughout the year. But I think it's so fun. So it's a, it's a cool tip you can start doing. Um, I know not everybody has Venmo, but wherever you can send money, I think that's super sweet. Yeah, giving anonymously, giving to friends, giving to charities, it's all a, a good thing when you can see money as energy and giving it away as well as receiving it. Um, actually opens you up to receiving it more, I believe. And um, I've I've done fun things where I've left a dollar or five dollars or more in like in between cereal boxes with a note that says, "Hey, hope this brightens your day. Please don't turn it in. It's for you." Um, so, or you know, left it on a park bench or left it in the library, just so that whoever comes by randomly um, can get a great surprise for the day. And that's what, that's the kind of things that women do. And we love to give back. And we have a huge culture of that. I, I'd say that Tina is a five-star or more gift giver. She's amazing at it. I got this incredible care package from her this week that just delighted me and made my week so much better. It was so fun. So, you know, the other thing that happened this week on that note is that we had some really good news with the American Recovery Plan being, um, past and that childhood poverty is going to be halved in our country. And I was reading about that, that in Bangladesh, when they did this, it transformed the status of women, particularly poor women. And there is um, a Nobel Peace Prize winner who pioneered microcredit in Bangladesh and elsewhere. And he was sharing with the columnist that I was reading that when they turned women into entrepreneurs, by making them salespeople, telephone ladies over four years, they sold mobile phone services that transformed them and their country. Um, so as Bangladesh educated and empowered its girls, those educated women became pillars of the economy. They got children vaccinated. They promoted toilets. They taught villagers how to read. They explained contraception. You know, all sorts of really good things happened and 25 million people were lifted out of poverty. So I'm really hopeful and excited by what's happening because I feel like women are, they're just coming up. We're all rising. Yes, we should run the world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, I, that's why we're so passionate about what we do. Um, we find it so hard to find really good sales information and training, particularly for women entrepreneurs and making sales to women. And so that's why we're here. We really want to lift 
all the women and give them all the tools and resources because they deserve the the world, the best, whatever they want. Um, and and you men do as well, you know. Not saying you don't. Yes, but um, <laughs> we have a lot more to climb. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> every little step that we can help, we're here for it. It's all yeah. It's gonna make it, it's gonna make the world definitely a better place, and and that's part of why we think of sales as helping make the world a better place, as a meaningful profession, as a profession that really helps people solve their problems. And as we get better at it, more people solve their problems, more people um, are able to afford the things that they really want. Um, and in our particular, because of what we're selling, learn the, the, the skills and the things that they need in order to be successful and what they really want to be successful at in life, which is um, hugely meaningful to help people do that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Love it all. I'm clapping. Awesome. <laughs> I'm trying not to make that many noise. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, well, let me just share. I want to share a couple of things and get your take on it, Tina, um, that I learned this week. Um, the first was um, Leona gave a really great handout in her course called a hundred plus hot words and phrases that sell. That's actually going to sit next to me on my desk, just as kind of a um, improv guide to use different words and phrases as I'm pitching or as I'm talking about things. Um, so I thought I'd share a few of those words with you, and then I'd love to get your feedback or ideas about using them. Oh yeah, ready? yeah, 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 ready. Okay, okay. Here's some hot hot words and phrases that sell. Painless announcing, fast, expires, backdoor, behind the scenes, prizes, valuable, award-winning, unique, by popular demand, and special. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can see why it works really, really well. Well, the thing that really stood out for me was behind the scenes, um, unique, and let me think, painless. So, and why? I think it's because as you're saying it, I started relating to it a lot more. I feel like with a lot of people, they're in pain in one way or another, and that's why they're seeking some kind of support, right? So that's what you're selling. You're selling the solution to their pain or whatever it is. And so when you can give me something that's painless to do that I can put on my body or whatever, I'm all game for that. And who doesn't love a juicy behind the scenes, right? Uh, I don't know about you, but anytime I get bloopers or, you know, behind the scenes um, feeds or <laughs> any of that, it's always so good to see. And it also helps uh, me understand it even more. So what I'm talking about here is, you know, as a salesperson, if you can show the inside of a course, even if it's just the first a minute spending browsing through things, that's amazing, right? A behind the scenes of a restaurant where things are being cooked at. How cool is that? Are you going to enjoy your meal more now? I think so. I would. <laughs> um, and then the last one, what did I say was the last one? Oh my gosh. Um, you said um, unique, I think. And uh, so I'll go through them again. Painless, announcing, fast, expires, Backdoor, behind the scenes, prizes, valuable, award-winning, unique, by popular demand, and special. Yes, it's probably unique. <laughs> There's a long <laughs> list of things. But anyways, we're all about being different and unique, right? And everybody wants to say that and want to feel that way. No one wants to say, 
I want to be the same as everybody else. I want to make a business that's just like everyone else. So nobody. Um, So if you can speak to their uniqueness and make them feel special, then again, it's going to light them up. And um, it certainly lit me up because I like to be unique and different. Oh, like the rest of us. (laughs) Yes. So I'm just going to challenge our listeners Use one of those words this week in how you describe something that you're selling. Um, so if you wrote them down, I'll, we'll put them in the show notes as well, but use one of those and see what happens from it. And I want to give you another book that uh, most of the sales team is reading right now as well. It's Flip the Script by Oren Claff. Um, he's one of my favorite mentors in sales. And um, he, I'm going to just read a little part of something that he wrote. This book was so fun to read, so many good stories, um, and different in a lot of ways, unique. Um, (laughs) I'll use a selling word. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, it was very unique. Um, So here's what he wrote. A few years back, I went on a quest to identify the deepest, strongest, most ancient idea receptor in the human brain, the godfather of all attention-grabbing ideas. I called up a few prominent psychologists at various universities and asked them where I should start looking for this receptor, and their response was surprisingly unanimous. They said I should look at three areas in order of importance, threats, rewards, and fairness. So I thought that was really fascinating, those three things, threats, rewards, and fairness. And since you have a degree in psychology, I thought you might be interested in that as well, Tina, Um, that those are the areas that people, their brains pick up on the most. We're we're trained to look for threats. Is the saber-toothed tiger going to be eating us anytime too? We're also trained to look for rewards. Where are those yummy brownies hiding in the kitchen? Um, I go on that hunt almost daily (laughs) and, (laughs) and then fairness, how do we get what we deserve? How do other people get what they deserve? Yeah, that is really, really interesting. And what I find even more interesting is threats is first in order of importance. So our brains are wired to think about the bad stuff first and protect ourselves, which is understandable considering evolution and everything. Um, And there's so many studies in psychology um, that looks at, well, are you going to be more motivated by rewards or by threats? And if you think about that, too, from a um, any kind of perspective in business, if a threat is like you getting fined, right, Um, for doing something wrong, you get written up at work because you did something bad. And for some people, that motivates them more to not get written up than to actually get an award. And um, honestly, that's kind of me, (laughs) because if you told me that, hey, Tina, if you made three sales this week, you're going to get, you know, some cupcakes, which I love Um, and I love food. Okay, I'm not going to say no to that. But if you told me if I didn't make three sales this week, I'm going to, um, you know, not get or I'm going to get something taken away from me, um, or, oh, you don't get to take any breaks? Like, oh, gosh, that's it. I'm going to have to sell it because I want to take breaks, you know? And and not everyone's wired that way. So it's important to kind of really understand how you're wired and how your team is wired as well. Um, and then fairness, the third, makes sense because everyone's 
um, a little bit more concerned about themselves, honestly, with the threats and the rewards. Um, yes. And, you know, also I wanted to add with the threats, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and someone was trying to explain intuition. Um, and I think intuition goes along with threats really well because then you can feel when something weird is happening um, and so you want to protect yourselves. And I think she had a really good way of explaining it. Um, she was saying, okay, imagine if a, you're sitting there and um, watching baseball in person and a flying baseball is going to come towards your face, right? Your intuition is to block it or duck so then it doesn't hit you. Most people do that naturally, right? Intuitively. Um, so why don't we do that with our sales conversation? Um, it's interesting because you're, that's what it takes. You have to kind of feel for what's happening with what people are saying to you and then take that information and make sense of it. And you got to do it quick too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's um, the word that comes to mind for me is reflex. So it's not only an intuition, but you've developed an intuition so well, your body knows that when something's being thrown at it to perhaps move aside, or there will be pain. And I think that's what you want in sales as well. You want to develop such a keen ear that you can reflexively respond in a way that it is intuitive to what the person is saying. So I love that. Um, and the three things that Oren talks about that I think every salesperson should write down from the perspective of their potential uh, buyer is uh, why should I care? And this is where you can talk about what new threats and dangers are out there. So if you can say, well, things are likely to change, you know, there's uh, a cloud on the horizon, there's a storm coming up, you ought to stock up <laughs> before the storm hits you. That's a that's an answer to why should I care? Um, so listing down all the threats, new threats and dangers that are out there um, that could potentially, your clients, your buyers could potentially face. And um, then what's in it for me? That gets to that reward question. How can I get a better than average reward? Um I thought that was a brilliant way of framing it. And then why why you, why this product, why this service? How can we trust that you are the right one to solve my problem and give me a fair deal? Because, you know, I could go down the street and get it for a much lower price point than here, or um, I could go online and find something different. So why should I trust you and this particular store to give me the best deal and solve my problems? Wow, I love that. And I think we all do that more or less, but we're not as mindful. So I want to repeat all that because it's so juicy. So the th questions again were, why should I care? What's in it for me? And why you? Um, so, so good. Thank you, Oren. We should get Oren on here. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about him a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. He'll, he'll be our next invite. Oh. Um, yeah, I, so I I think those are really great questions for you to ask and for anyone who's developing a product or service to ask themselves before they put that in the marketplace. And we did some sales uh, training and coaching for one of our clients this week. And it was really interesting because they were asking us, how do we set up a smaller sale 
so that people are interested in the larger sale later, so that they're interested in more from us, right? How does the first thing that they buy end up influencing their larger buying decision? And so we were talking through some of the benefits of what the larger, um, the, the upsell, for lack of a better word, would help people with. And I think these questions should be in the front of our minds for anything that we we have to sell, whether it's the downsell or the upsell, it's really getting into why should people care about this? What's in it for them? What's the return on investment going to be? And why should they do it now? And why should they trust us? Yep, exactly. So when you can answer all of those and make them really think deeply about each one, then that's when they're going to see the value even more and take action. So, so, so good, Janelle. Yeah, and you found a real gem. So, you know, our, our theme for March is body language. And I know you will had found another tip that you wanted to share with people around that uh, before we wrap up. Yes, thank you. Um, that was an amazing intro to it. <laughs> Keep us on track here. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've been talking about body language the last two episodes um, and we've shared a lot of things already. And this one thing that I think was such a cool tip, because when we think of a body, we're thinking about our hands, our legs, our body, and not so much our facial um, expressions or our eyes. Particularly, I wanted to share this about the eyes. Um, and that we've been talking so much about body language as the salesperson but what about the prospect, right? You need to be able to identify other things that the prospect is giving out so you know how they're feeling. Very similarly to your dog. If it's wagging its tail, you know it's happy. If it's, no, if it's tired and you know just angry, there's something else going on there, right? They don't talk to you. They're not giving you words. But you're reading their body language every day. Um, so <laughs> with reading your prospect's um, eyes, I wanted to share a really cool tip that, um, and I don't know if y'all know this, but your pupils uh, involuntarily dilate when you are attracted to something. There's something that interests you. And so, um, you know, if you ever notice, and it's probably hard to tell if you have dark eyes or if the other person has dark eyes, but if you're ever around someone with lighter eyes, especially like if it was a friend or maybe a potential date or something, if their pupils dilate and grow in front of you, that's a good sign. That means that they are very attracted to what you're saying. It means that they're agreeing with it. And vice versa, if it's shrinking, there's something there that feels weird. And the best part is they don't know they're doing this <laughs> because it's involuntary, but you can see it. So that really helps. Um, so anyways, cool tip there. And then also eye contact. Uh, we talked about eye contact, um, but a good rule of thumb for direct eye contact is 60 to 80% in that perfect little ballpark. Because if they're staring at you for 100%, it's now considered staring and really awkward in our culture. So even as a salesperson, uh, look at them, but look away a little bit and look back at them. So it's only within that percentage. Because have you ever had that experience, Janelle, where some people just have intense eye contact and then it starts feeling a little intimidating to you? Have you ever felt that? Oh, yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. And there's always a few of those people where you're like, ooh, ooh, too much. I, <laughs> I need a break from you. Can't tell if you love me or that, you know, you want to kill me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of coaches and uh, Tim Ferriss has an exercise about this as well, where they uh, challenge you to look in somebody else's eyes for 60 seconds or longer. And it's a pretty intense experience when you're just standing, like you don't get to talk, you just look in somebody's eyes, people cry, you know, they, they experience a wide range of emotions because you're really connecting fairly deeply and we're not used to doing that being that open Mm. with people all the time. Right, right. I mean, after all, they say your eyes are the windows to your soul. So (laughs) (laughs) look deeply in our eyes. But anyways, I thought that was interesting because it's it's not something you think of when you think of body language, your eyes. Yeah, no, I I thought that was a fantastic tip. So yeah, just to to sum up um, what Tina shared or what I got out of it is to vary your eye contact. So don't be staring at the person, e- even if they're on Zoom the entire time. Look down at your notes, look back up, look around. Obviously, you want to make sure that they know that your your full attention is on them, but not to the point that it makes them so uncomfortable <laughs> at all. All right. So We have really enjoyed this episode, and we are going to share our very funny experiences that we had this week in The Juice. So if you are interested in listening to those, go to patreon.com forward slash juicy closers. And for a very small donation um, and a, a monthly amount, you can get extra juicy episodes with us and be a part of our community. And we'd love to support you there. Yay. See you there. Bye. Thanks, Juicy Closers listeners. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. So listen, would you be interested in sharing a bit about your experience listening to this podcast? We just know that there are lots of potential listeners wondering whether this is worth their time. And we know that stories from our listeners can really help them make a good decision about whether to listen to Juicy Closers or not. So to help future discerning listeners just like you, please go to the ratings and reviews section um, and you'll see a little thing that says see all. It's a button that says click see all and then click write a review. So if for whatever reason you don't see uh, write a review right away, it's important to click see all and then you'll be able to write a review right there. Phew! I know it's a lot to remember. We really appreciate it and uh, we know our future listeners will too. Thank you so much. Juicy Closers is brought to you by Defy Sales. It is written and hosted by Tina Gray and Janelle Holden. Produced and edited by Julie Tran, creative writer Valeska Griffiths. Music for this episode composed by Drew Pigeon. And special thanks to Tiwana Ship and Eloisa Villanueva.